Hey everyone, welcome to the Tuya Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. I've been talking to you about Chuck Pierce. He did the prophetic word at Trinity. And I want to take a little more time this morning and uh, just show you some amazing things I found. Uh, We have found out about prophecy that it's not anything weird. Uh, It's just that you and I have a future. And uh, a lot of times when God speaks through prophecy or even through the Word of God, it's to remind you of what you already know. So some of the things I'm going to talk about this morning are just going to be a friendly reminder of what God is already doing in your life. So let me jump in and start with what he said, the first thing that I have down. He said that God wants to make sure that you and I move from maintenance to conquest. From maintenance to conquest. Now, let me tell you what maintenance means. It means to preserve and maintain. In other words, it's kind of like if you were to circle the wagons in your life and all you're interested in is just maintaining where you are. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a brand new Christian or if you've been a Christian for years, there's always more. Okay, there's always more. There's always, it's always deeper. God wants a relationship with you. There's more intimacy. There's more of everything with God. And so he said that God wants to make sure that you and I are not just maintaining our relationship, but that we're, we're moving into conquest. And what that means is, is to take new ground. Then he asked this question. He said, are you too settled in to change? Are you too settled in to change? Now, he told a story about Israel. And if you know about Israel, uh, Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. He went into Egypt. He spent time working in Egypt. God promoted him. God blessed him. And he became Pharaoh's right-hand man. Well, because there was a famine in the land where his dad and brothers were, they were forced to go to Egypt. Well, when they got there, they found their brother, and they were reconciled. And then their, uh, Joseph, their brother, introduced them to Pharaoh. And here's what Pharaoh said. He said, hey, I want you guys to move over into the land of Goshen. Now, all Goshen was was a part of Egypt. It'd be like if we were to meet some, if we were to meet the governor of Texas, and he said, hey, I want you guys to move over into the panhandle of Texas. Hey, I want y'all to move over close to Tulia. And here's what's interesting about Goshen. It had the best farmland, and it had the best grazing for cattle. And because God's hand was on Joseph, it blessed his entire family. How about this morning that as God's hands on you, it's going to bless your entire family. So they spent 430 years in Goshen. Then at the end of that 430 years, they had multiplied. Pharaoh became afraid of them. They were put into slavery. God raised up a man named Moses, and God used Moses to deliver them. They left Goshen, and they went into the wilderness. Now, here's what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to spend a couple of weeks walking across the wilderness to the Jordan River and cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land that God said he would give them. But because of their fear and their unbelief, they wouldn't do it. And they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And every single person that came out of Egypt, except for two men, Joshua and Caleb, died in the wilderness. One of the reasons they died is because of their unbelief. 
Then a whole new group of people crossed the Jordan River, and they went into the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but God has always moved in my life in seasons. And I can even almost put it into decades. I mean, I could talk to you about the 70s. I could talk to you about the 80s. I could talk to you about the 90s. I could talk to you about the 2000s right up to now. There's always been seasons in my life. And I would bet if you would think about it, there have been seasons in your life. Now, my question this morning is, along with what Chuck Pierce said, is, is what season are, do you think you're in right now? And what is God stirring in your heart to do? Where is God wanting to lead you? Now, what did Chuck Pierce say? He said, are you too settled to change? You see, the Israelites were too settled. So God wants to encourage you. He wants me to encourage you to keep walking with God, keep trusting God, and don't get settled in. Now, here's the next thing he said. He said that we're supposed to frame our future with our words. Now, I talked about that last week. You said, Pastor, you talked about that already, okay? But he added something I want to show you. He said that you and I are supposed to be declaring the promises of God over our lives, okay? That would be over yourself personally, if you're married, over your mate, over your children, if you're a parent. If you've got grandkids over your grandkids, you're supposed to be declaring the promises of God or framing, if you will, framing your future with God's word. Then here's what he said. He said you're supposed to use your words to frame the future in your region. Now, let me explain to you what that means. It so blesses me. Okay, to start with, your family is your region. <clears throat> okay, I can look right here at Terry, and Terry's family is his region. All right, then the next thing that would be his region would be his job, okay, and what he does every day for a living. All right, then beyond that, it would be where he lives, all right, it could be as small as your community or as large as West Texas or as large as the Panhandle. Listen, every single one of us have a region. Listen, you are in my region. Do you know why? Because you go to Tulia Christian Fellowship and I'm your pastor. Listen, I pray for each one of you on a regular basis. You know why? Because you're in my region. I declare the promises of God over you and your family. Do you know why? Because you're in my region. Several years ago, Ashley worked at Eastridge Elementary uh, in Amarillo, Texas. And when she went to work there, that put that school in my region. Are you with me? And so we prayed for that school, her mother and I, we prayed for that school every single day. Well, she worked there two or three years. Now she doesn't work there anymore. So that school is no longer in my region. Are you with me? Listen, I don't pray for Eastridge anymore. Well, come on, Pastor, what do you mean? They're no longer in my region because my daughter's not there. When Arthur married Ashley, the Ortiz and Ramirez came into my region. Are you with me? And I lift them in prayer and I pray for them. When Megan married Kurt, the Schultes and the Durettes came into my region. Okay, your job is your region. Whatever, your business is your region. Now listen, don't miss this. You can't pray for everybody. You can't. You don't have time, but God's asking you to declare his promises and to pray over your region. Are you with me? All right. I'm your pastor. I'm in your region. You're, you're the flock of Tulia Christian Fellowship. You're in my region. My region is also Tulia. My region is Swisher County. Your, your region may be Nazareth. Your region may be Demet. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is, and God's asking you to declare his promises, declare his faith 
over your family and over your region. Amen? Now, that was pretty bad. Amen? Amen. That, man, the kids do so much better than y'all do. My gosh. All right. Now, this next one's good. They're all good, but I love this one. He said that family shifts come through us. Family shifts come through us. What do you mean? Well, my dad's parents uh, got married. My granddad wasn't a great guy. He was an alcoholic. When he would get drunk, he was mean, and he would beat up my grandmother. And because of that, they ended up getting a divorce. And because of that divorce, they experienced some poverty. And my dad didn't grow up very good. Some of you may have experienced some of the very same things. Well, then my father found Jesus Christ as his Savior. My, him, my mother and, and him got married, and they became Christians. Well, then my brother and I were born, and because they were Christians, we heard the gospel, and we became Christians. Then Vicky and I got married, and because we were, I was a Christian, she became a Christian. Well, then our children were born, and they heard the gospel, and we've been passed down from generation to generation. That shift came because my dad said yes to Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me. Don't miss this. When you said yes to Jesus, it impacts your entire family. Now, I don't mean just your wife or your husband and your kids. I mean your aunts, your uncles, your parents, your cousins. Your entire family is impacted when you say yes to Jesus Christ. It brings a shift into your family. Listen, I'm so proud of you for being here this morning. I'm so proud of whatever brought you here, and I know it's the Spirit of God, but whatever brought you to Tulia Christian Fellowship this morning, for you to hear the Word of God, for you to worship God, for you to engage in prayer, you are impacting your entire family because of my dad's one decision. Listen, men, you make a difference in your family. Listen, ladies, you make a difference in your family. Let me take a minute and talk to grandparents. Some of my greatest influence in my life was my grandparents. I thank God every day for my godly grandparents. If you're a grandparent, you have influence. Don't you think for a moment that you don't because you do. And every time you say yes to Jesus Christ, it impacts your family. Are you with me? My life is different because my dad, what if my dad had said no to Christ? Well, I don't know where I'd be today. But because he said yes, because you have said yes, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. Amen? All right. The next thing he talked about was how one of the ways this comes is through identity. Now, let me talk to you for just a minute. I'm a gray. Okay, I was taught my whole life I'm a gray. My dad was a gray. I'm a gray. And I was taught blood's thicker than water. You all know what that means? That means it's one for all and all for one. If you fight one of us, you fight all of us. That, now, I know you can carry that too far. I know, I'm, not, I'm not saying you can, okay? But we were taught that in, in, a, in, a, in, in a good way. My brother had a fight one time at school. When we got home, I got a whipping. I got a whipping. Yeah, I got a whipping. He never had another fight that I didn't help, and I never got another whipping. Amen? And I'd have rather been beat up at school than get a whipping from dad. So, amen? All right. Now, I, I, I know maybe that's carrying that a little too far, okay? But, but we, we're family. Okay, that's a family identity. Listen, your identity this morning is in Christ. Listen, here's what you need to do. You need to stop listening to what maybe family has said about you or what a boss has said about you or what your spouse has said about you or maybe what a teacher or a coach has said about you and start listening to what God says about you. And you take on a new identity in Christ. And here's what happens. You pass it 
to your children. Are you with me? Now, I've got a card with me this morning, and it's a list. Let me see where it is. Did I lose it? Well, is it over there on the, it's not over there? It's on, thank you. Thank you, man. Right, thank you. All right, amen. Good job. You're helping me. Now, this is a list of who you are in Christ. It's a list of your identity. Now, I'm not going to read all of it because I don't have time, but let me just read a few, and this is who you are. Okay, are you ready? Okay, here's the first thing it says. You're God's child. Okay, you belong to God. You're his child. Amen? Here's the next one. Christ is your friend. According to John 15, Jesus said he's your friend. So you're God's child, and Jesus is your friend. Listen, stop believing the lies you've been told about God and start believing the truth. Vicki and I watched a show on television. I don't know the name of it, but it was about people who'd been adopted and they had spent their life looking for their parents. And there were these two women who were twins and they were told their whole life that their father didn't care about them and didn't want them. Now, these are adult women now. And they've lived their whole life believing their biological father did not care about them. Well, they had this group of people help them, and they did DNA and stuff. Well, they found him. And when they went to meet him, here's what he said. He said, I did not know you even existed. And he said, and I love you, and I'm so glad to connect with you, and I'm so glad to be your father. Their whole life, they believed the lie that he didn't care. I wonder what lies we believe about God this morning that are not true. Listen, you are loved and you belong to God. Amen? Let me give you another one. You are completely forgiven. Complete. It doesn't matter what you've done. In Christ, you're completely forgiven. Here's the next thing. And you're fully pleasing to God. Have you ever carried that burden around in your life that you've just got to do one more thing to get God to be happy with you? That maybe you don't pray enough, you don't read your Bible enough, you don't get up early enough, or whatever it is. You're not in church enough. That somehow you've got to do one more thing to get God to be pleased. Listen to me. Here's the truth. You are fully pleasing to God. Now, that's your identity. Now, that's only three. There's a whole list here. Can I just do one more? You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus. Listen, you have value. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your childhood. Your father God says you have value. Now, can you see with me this morning how important it is when you know that? You can pass it on to your children. You can pass it on to your grandchildren. Are you with me? My grandmother always told me that I was a child of love. Honey, you're a child of love. You're not a child of law. You're not a child of an accident. You're a child of love. I've carried that my whole life because my grandmother told me that. Are you with me? So your identity matters. Now, let me read you a verse. I want to read to you out of Job 22, starting with verse 26, and I'm going to read to you two verses. Listen to what this says. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty. Lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him. He will hear you, and you will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established to you, so light will shine on your ways. Now, I know there is a lot in that verse. 
I know. And I want to go back and show you a couple of things. The very first thing it says is, is God wants you to delight in him. Do you know what it says in Psalms 37, 4? It says, if, you'll, if you will delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know what you're doing this morning? Well, you're delighting yourself in the Lord. You got up, you did whatever it is you needed to do to get to church, and God sees that as you are interested in him and what he's doing, and you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Now, you know what that means? That God will give you the desires of your heart. All right? Now, now let, me, let me just keep reading through this promise here. It says you will lift your face to God. Can I tell you something? Stop looking at your problems and look up to Jesus. It changes everything. You will make your prayer to him and he will hear you. Now, don't miss this. You know what that just said? That says when you pray, God hears you. When you pray, God hears you. Can I say it one more time? When you pray, God, Corbin, when you pray, God hears you. Yeah, well, you know, Pastor, sometimes I don't feel like he hears me. Well, I don't care, Right? You know what I said in the early service? If I told Vicky this morning, you know, babe, I got up this morning and, man, I'm just not feeling like I'm married. That would not be good. Amen? <laughs> that would not be good, right? See, Vicky has one of those. Some of you ladies may have one of these. Do y'all have one of those number 10 cast iron skillets? Yeah, oh yeah, you've got one of those. I don't, that thing weighs about five pounds. I don't know what it weighs. I can only imagine what it would feel like up against my forehead. Okay, so if I told my wife, honey, I just don't feel married today, well, she would go to the cabinet, she would probably get out good old number 10, and, and she would impress it upon my forehead, amen? Probably repeatedly. We, that's stupid, right? I, I'm married whether I feel like it or not. Are you with me? Okay, listen, when you pray, God hears you. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, it doesn't matter what I feel like. Well, you know, I just don't feel like that my prayers get past the ceiling. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Well, you know, I don't feel like sometimes like God loves me. It doesn't matter what you feel like. See, we're back to identity. Listen, God loves you, and God hears you when you pray. Now, let me finish this. In 28, it says, you will declare a thing, and it will be established. Now, what in the world does that mean? It's talking about you talking over your life. If Jindy was my daughter or my granddaughter, Father God, I thank you that your hand is on her life. Father God, I thank you she's blessed. I thank you she has favor at school. I thank you that she ends up at the college you want her to go to. Father God, I thank you that you're taking care of her life and your plans for her are good and not evil. I'm declaring a thing. Are you with me? Hey, you need to be doing that over your kids. You need to be doing it over your grandkids. You need to be doing it over your job. You maybe need to be doing it over your boss. And what does it say? It says it will be established. In other words, what? God will do it. Now, let me give you another verse. <clears throat> I'm going to read Isaiah 45, 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen to this. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, Ask of me things concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. You, you command me. Now, what does that mean? My gosh. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to boss God. That's not what it's saying. But you know what it is saying? God's asking you to remind him of his promises. Hey, God, you said. Hey, God, you said that my daughter is surrounded with favor like a shield. Doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it, but God, you said. 
He says, do what? He says, concerning the works of my hands, you command me. Remind me of what I said I was going to do. Listen, that's incredibly powerful. Now, listen to the next thing he said. Now, you're going to love this. He said, there's going to be a shift in your sons and daughters. Now, let me talk to two groups of people this morning. I know there are those of you here, and you have grown children, and you've got grown children that are not serving God. You've got grown children that you're concerned about. Maybe you have a teenager that you wish was closer to God or was more interested in church. Okay, maybe you've got a mother that's not walking with God. Maybe you've got a dad that's not walking with God. But you've got somebody in your family that you wish they were here with you this morning. Listen to me. God said he's going to bring a shift into their lives. And for you to begin to declare over them, listen, my, my father-in-law, Vicky's dad, is 89 years old. He'll be 90 on his birthday. And I declare the promises of God over his life all the time. Up to this point, he has not made Jesus Christ the Lord of his life. Up to this point, he has, acknowledged, has not acknowledged that he needs to be a Christian. But we've been declaring the promises of God over his life, and we are not going to stop. You don't stop either. Amen? Now, I got one more thing I want to show you. One more. Now, I know you're full, okay? We've had a spiritual ribeye, baked potato, salad, hot roll with butter. Now it's time for dessert. Are you ready for some dessert? Okay, I've got a hot fudge sundae. How many of you are still hungry and you want to buy it, right? Okay, all right. All right, I know you're full. I, I know we're down to the end. I know, I know it's, it's almost time to go. But I got one more good thing I want to give you, and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to not listen. Let me tell you what it says. You have the capacity to carry the glory of God wherever you are. Let me say it again. You have the capacity to carry the glory of God wherever you are. I want to read to you Colossians 1.27. Colossians 1.27. <clears throat> Listen to what it says. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's you and me. We're Gentiles. He's talking to us. Listen to it. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen, don't miss this. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior... Christ dwells in you. Now, the Bible says that the whole universe is upheld by his power. You with me? Okay, the Bible says so. It says in Hebrews that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. That verse I just read to you says he dwells in you. So what does that mean? You carry the glory of God in you everywhere you go. When you go to work, when you go to the store, when you run errands, whatever your day looks like, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, you carry the glory of God on the inside of you. Now listen, <clears throat> over the years, I have counseled thousands of people as a pastor. I've done marriage counseling. I've done all kinds of counseling. And typically, I would meet with people at the office and set up an appointment and talk to people and try to help people. And for years and years and years, I always felt like an imposter. Let me explain to you why. You know, when I would talk to people, I would think, well, you know, I'm not a licensed professional counselor, and I'm not. 
And I would think, well, you know, I don't have a doctorate in psychology, and I don't. And then the devil would show up and tell me, who do you think you are? Just like he does you. Who do you think you are? You're just playing like a counselor. You're just pretending to help people. And I was tormented by that for years. And in my mind, I could imagine somebody coming in my office. I didn't know who it was. But, you know, somebody's going to come in my office one day, and they're going to point their finger at me, and they're going to say, what are you doing? Who, who do you think you are? And I was tortured by that. Now, listen to me. Then I began to find out who I was in Christ. I began to find out that the greater one dwells on the inside of me. I began to find out that because I have Jesus Christ, because I have the Holy Spirit, because I have the Word of God, I have the ability to help other people. Are you with me? And we have helped hundreds and hundreds of people. Listen. You have the Word of God just like I do. You have the Spirit of God just like I do. Here's what I don't want you to do. I want you to stop disqualifying yourself. I want you to stop saying, well, I don't know the Bible well enough, or I haven't prayed enough, or I haven't done this enough or that enough, and as soon as I get all that done, then I'm going to try to help somebody. No, you carry the glory and the power of God on the inside of you. Tomorrow, everywhere you go, this afternoon, everywhere you go, you carry it with you. Now, here's something that's interesting. We know the Bible teaches to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Yeah, lay hands on the sick, and we do it all the time. We do it right here. We pray for people all the time. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. What does that mean? Well, you touch people. Now, listen to me. You don't even have to pray sometimes. You just touch them. Just touch them. You know, when you pat somebody on the back, when you see somebody in the store and you just pat them on the shoulder, you're touching them. You know what the Bible says? That the life on the inside of you goes into them. It's like electricity. Have you ever been touched and been shocked? Right? Have you ever had, you know, static electricity? Well, you don't have static electricity. You have static Holy Ghost. Amen? You have the life of God on the inside of you. Stop thinking you don't. Stop thinking you're not qualified. Stop thinking you're not ready because you are ready. And when you smile and you reach out to people, you carry God's glory. Listen, the world is dying and going to hell. The world doesn't have any answers. The culture you and I live in is empty, and they don't know what to do, and they have no hope. And you have the answer with you everywhere you go. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, well, you know, they don't want it. Yes, they do. Well, people know what they're doing. No, they don't. You carry God's presence everywhere you go. I just want to challenge you. When you see people, just pat them on the shoulder. Touch their hand and allow the grace and the glory of God to flow through you and into them. Reach out to people with a smile and a kind word. You'll see God move like you never have before. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Praise God. The Lord's good. Amen. Let me declare over you. Father, I thank you this morning for all of us that are here today. And Father, I declare your life, your love, your grace, your strength over us. 
Father, I pray your grace and life over our children, over our grandchildren. Father, over the regions that we live in, the communities that we live in, over our schools. Father God, that your hand is on this area. Your hand is on our lives. And as we leave this place, Father, we're strengthened. We're encouraged. We're refreshed. Father, help us to carry your glory today and tomorrow and the rest of this week into the places you send us. That, Father God, we're not afraid to speak up. We're not afraid to look up to you. And that, God, you move in our lives like never before. Father, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Praise God. I love y'all. Y'all going to be blessed, and I'll see you next weekend.